weather girl. Uh-uh. And have we got news for you. You better listen. Get ready for your lonely girl and leave those umbrellas at home. All right. It's raining. Ben. Yes, you heard correctly. It's raining, Ben. As it often does around this time on Tuesday. Irrelevant to the weather, really. But it's not only raining, Ben. As always, it's raining someone else, and this time it's raining... Ziggy. Ziggy, indeed. Ziggy, who's Mike, I'll now actually turn up. Seems only polite. Thank you. There we go. So, how you feel about being on the radio, Ziggy? Yeah, it's really nice to be here um, at last. Thanks for the invite, Ben. <laughs> yeah, we'll come back to that particular hot topic. Uh, for now... We'll just relax with a bit of music. Uh, this one is an optimistically titled song by Future Islands. It's uh, called Sun in the Morning, which we've sort of got. Mm. Yeah, maybe sun in the afternoon today. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. Always looking on the bright side. So we're back in just a minute. She talks right to my soul. Future Islands there A title I don't really understand But I mean there might be the future of one island Or in fact all islands It's quite a claim they're making mm, There might be some more islands or less islands in the future <laughs> I see So that's, oh, that's a pretty ambiguous future But that's it's our future mm. So uh, I wanted to ask you um, Well I suppose the first question I want to ask you Is how you feel about being the uh, second choice for today's show yeah, well, I guess it's better than, than not getting on at all. Um, you know, it is always the bridesmaid for me, generally, in life. So um, you just have to take your place and, and make the most of it, I suppose. Well, that's very gracious of you. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, uh, I feel like if you really, if you wanted it, you would have, you would have just taken it. That's the way I look at it. I feel like if you, if you want something from life, then you just, you go and... You know, you you grab it for yourself. You grab it. You grab it with both hands. Yeah, well, I was aiming a bit higher, really, to begin with. Um, I kind of. What you mean, I, being asked? Yeah, well, I was aiming I, high. I was, I was, I was, I was waiting for a call from Radio One, actually, um, but they just didn't get back to me. So I thought I'll, I'll hedge my bets and, and go with <laughs> go with you, Ben. And any radio is better than no radio. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's how we run here. Um, it's been remarkable, actually, that I've managed to find people who are willing to to come on and and just well, you know. Take a gamble. Does yeah. it feel like a gamble? Yeah, I mean, you must be running out of friends. That's the thing. You have to start doing them again with different voices. Or just, well, I feel like uh, I've never promised complete originality. So I'm allowed, I feel I'm allowed to, within the limits of the show to be uh, repetitive. Mm. In fact, I, I think it's demanded of me because it's raining Ben. It's always raining Ben. It's a repetitive that, situation. That is the most important part, really, <laughs> exactly. isn't it? Yeah. I know. I enjoy the hubris of a show named after myself. Um yeah. And in fact, a pun on my own name, based on the idea that people would just be like, "Oh, Ben, well, that's mm. that's him." Also, it's England, and it rains all the time, so mm. it's, it's an apt name. It is part of my inherent Englishness. Mm. We were discussing this just last Friday, actually, that uh, that I'm a fervently English middle class, average white man, mm. and uh, that I've decided to own that. Yeah, just you're, own the heck out of it. You're you're a typical as a non-English person. You are the postcard <laughs> English chap. Well, it's nice you should say that because uh, I actually did have something related to that topic to uh, to raise with you. Uh, we had an immigrant on last week, 
uh, and we asked a judge Britain for us, as, a, as an immigrant can only do. Uh, given that we've got another one today, I thought I'd ask well, Ziggy to do the same thing, to be our immigrant, our house immigrant. Uh, so Zig, as an immigrant, I'm trying to say immigrant as many times as possible. Mm, I uh, am actually leaving <laughs> fairly soon, I'm just visiting, but you know. Exactly, I'll, the worst yeah. type, you're not even going to settle into yeah. the culture, you're going to yeah. come, take Go back to New Zealand, yeah, where things are probably objectively better. Ideally, get a full tax return as well as I leave. <laughs> well, that's only fair to be fair. You haven't actually claimed an awful lot of anything really since you've been here. You've just no. given. You're one of those immigrants, the ones who just give, give, give. I did go to the Jesus. doctors once. Awful. Yeah. Uh, so I thought, yeah, basically, I thought I'd ask you to, you know, see what you think. Uh, according to our national paper, the uh, the Daily Mail, national paper of Britain, quote. When asked what the country's national emblem should be, most Brits say a cup of tea, that's 32%, closely followed by Big Ben, 31%, with the Queen's face coming in at third. No percentage given, but presumably mm. another 30-something percent. End quote. Um, do you think that's accurate? Um, uh, it's a difficult question. I guess I think there should be multiple emblems... <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> multiple emblems on one coat of arms representing different areas of the country because there's okay. it's such a diverse culture in a small area that's very fair of you yeah uh so any of those items making it onto the coat of arms no i think maybe like you know a disused coal mine <laughs> from the north and i don't know a, a seaside cottage from cornwall perhaps at uh, you know, unused fishing boat somewhere. Okay, so like a cottage with a with a inflated price tag and foreigners living. Not foreigners, sorry, foreigners. Yeah, if London you people. that's me talking as a man from the southwest, referring to people from London as foreigners. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, I've been converted. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this would be a beautiful coat of arms. I would like to see it. Mm. Maybe we could ask Ella to do a free illustration of it. Yeah, yeah, and maybe a nice pub. That's that's what really. I'm going to miss a lot when I leave the UK is like actual nice pubs. Okay, so you think maybe a pub would be a better image? Yeah, it's pretty pretty ingrained in English culture. It is, it's true. If we don't have pubs, I feel that's the one thing. They always say that in France they have uh, an astonishing ability for protest. If you if you were to do something to France in ways that they care, they'll, they'll make you know about it and they'll stop it happening. Like they raised the price of bread. Everyone went no when they went all right. Um, I feel that's the only thing you could take from us that we'd actually really care about. I Get feel like arms, yeah. you can lose the energy uh, companies, you can lose the rail network, you can lose uh, the NHS. Everyone's in yeah, Well, it's the worst that can happen. Mm. The pub's still there, isn't it? Maybe we should close our pub as a sort of... Protest. Yeah. yeah. See what you... Th- but, yeah. but then we wouldn't get paid, Ben. No, I see the fault in that. Plus, it's not actually our pub, I mm. suppose. Though we have the power to close it this evening. We are going to be the only people working there. Yeah, I think it's actually you and Sam. <laughs> Is it? Yeah. I'm getting this wrong tw- so many times in a row. Yeah. Oh, well, I've been broadcasting that fact to the world. I'd like to let everyone know that I've currently told. That's the use of the radio. Yeah. Um, well, that's interesting you say that because I actually did uh, make a note of my answer because that's the great thing about providing the question is you get to prepare an answer. I thought there could be an alternative random, and weirdly enough, I suggested to, to myself... Uh, there'd be a pint of real ale would be a pretty solid mm. emblem. And I noted down a few reasons why, possibly. Um, just why, how it represents this country. It feels like, well, we like things to be uh, brown or possibly golden brown if we're feeling a bit fruity. Uh, we don't like surprises. That's ideally out off the table. We like large portions of simple things rather than smaller portions of interesting things. Uh, we like tradition, even if we don't actually really like it. 
we want things to be like they used to be. We don't like foreign things, except we don't realize they're foreign things. And we really like puns. Like, mm. We really like puns. And a real ale pint provides at least a, you know, a less a less than good one provides all those things. Yeah. Also quite relatively tepid, which is the kind of the British temperament. <laughs> and the British temperature. Mm. Fabulous. Well, I've got a song that you suggested for us. Uh, it begins with a W. So I'm going to let you introduce the song you suggested that begins with a W. I don't recall <laughs> what I suggested. No, that is, that is only fair. Um, is it not the band that starts with a W? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is Memories by Waldeck. Any reason why you chose this particular song? Um, so this is a classic Wednesday night brew bar song. Uh, um, Rowan and I often put this on later in the evening on Spotify radio. Seems it symbolises um, much of your British experience. Yeah. Okay, well, this is Waldeck with Memories. <laughs> Listen to that. The sound of crickets and frogs and stuff. Mm, Brings back some memories, Avia. I was expecting a fade out there. Memories of what? Sorry, I talked over that. Um, All kinds of things, yeah. You know, youth. Youth. Youth spent by rivers, eating crickets, watching frogs. Mm. Not that inaccurate. I never actually ate the crickets, but I did spend a lot of my youth next to water in fields. Were perhaps the frogs eating the crickets? Ah, see, that's where I got it confused. Mm. I wanted to be like the frogs. Mm. Be like the frogs. So, um, I think it's time for Ziggy to uh, become our, what we call our topic master. As the person who takes charge of the topic for mm. the next section between songs. Uh, I asked Ziggy to bring on some topics that I asked everyone to do, and he did. That's good of him. Uh, but to introduce that concept, I'm going to play him uh, his own personalised jingle. It's a new feature on the show. Uh, every week we get a new co-host, so I thought we'd get a new a new jingle for the co-host. Oh, okay. So it's called uh, Single Use Jingle. Um, is the not your particular one? That's the name of the item. Uh, and your one goes like this. Z- Great, thanks. Can I can I take that as a ringtone or something, Ben? I think you should. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Yeah, well, I've been thinking, Ben, it's getting to autumn. Leaves are starting to fall off the trees. Mm-hmm. And I've been wondering, not that I know the answers to this, but why do larch trees lose their leaves when all other conifers stay evergreen? It's a fascinating topic to raise on the show, uh, considering the of us can actually officially answer it. Mm. So I think that's the best type of topic. Um we're both in the same level of, of uh, unfamiliarity with this topic. So I'm going to come out and say, yeah, it's because Larch, uh, Larch don't like to run with the pack. Mm. Mm. So they're, they're unique. Well, they're dissident trees. Mm. There's always going to be, I mean, this is the nature of, of dissidence is dissidence is always just a kind of a uh, feature of any system. You have, uh, you have a norm and that most things will subscribe to that norm, but, just as another kind of norm is the norm to be dissident. So mm. I feel the large tree probably falls into that, that whatever yeah. it is, five percent, or in the case of things like the Occupy movement, ninety nine percent, if they would like to say. But the the, the, the dissident group, um, sort of uh, by uh, virtue of um, binary opposition being a form of definition, 
the, the distant group define the norm and by the same virtue, the norm define the distant, distant mm. group. Yeah, interesting point. Yeah. <laughs> I also, I mean, now that you mentioned that, generally when I see larch trees, there's just a few of them scattered in amongst normal green pines, mm. losing their leaves, just standing out looking like a dead tree. Well, exactly. If they were together, then there wouldn't be any kind of distinction. No, it'd be normal, wouldn't it? Then mm-hmm. If they were all they're all losing their leaves then exactly and they'll have no chance to make an impact mm. if you want to make an impact on society you need to go where the others are mm. go where the norm is so what, i remember someone saying this saying that why do goths hang out with other goths because surely the whole point of being a goth is to sort of stamp your your dark um, message all over culture mm. if you're just hanging out with other goths it's not really making any impact, is it? Yeah, really. If you hang out with goths, you want to be really tidily dressed. Exactly. That would you be? The, that's a dissident goth right there, yeah. like a goth at heart, but visually, <laughs> visually smart. Yeah. Oh, that's a fantastic image. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I mean, you want to be the rogue goth. You want to be the goth who actually has exclusively hangs out with uh, football fans, for example. Mm. I mean, that like for example, yeah. very old friends. They're not going to distance him just because he's dressing differently. They're going to be like, well. We don't really appreciate this, mate, but, you know, we've mm. known you for years. You, you're not allowed. We're not going to ban you from the pub. But there he is. And that would be a stronger message, wouldn't it? Very yeah. strong message. Yeah. I'm not sure what the message is. Mm. What is the message of goth? Um, I'm not the right person to ask that. I've never had a goth period, I'm afraid. But I think it, it is uh, sort of screaming out for individuality mm. a lot um, and a bit of counterculture. Mm. Um so maybe you're no. suggesting it's something like you're you're doing what you're not supposed to do. Mm. You're not dressing um, conventionally sexy or conventionally appealing or conventionally washing or any of those conventions. You're sort of being deliberately the opposite. Yeah, I mean, I think when when I was a teenager, a lot of the people went through a little bit of a goth phase, and they were generally from quite well-to-do families, and mm. it was a bit of a rebellion thing. Okay, get your ears pierced. Yeah rip your jeans, dye your hair, and then they came back, you know, in their later teens and early 20s back to a bit more of a norm. Mm. Just a bit of a yeah. cry out for freedom, perhaps. And now they're all bankers. But, I'm just, that's an assumption I've made there. Mm. Is it fair? Yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> that's it, I like probably. Probably is the, the cure-all to all non-information. Mm. Yeah, probably. Yeah, well... It's, to it's the best of my knowledge. That's, that's probably true, then, but... <laughs> Okay, well, ah, what the heck, let's play a song. I've got another song that you also chose. This one's by an artist beginning with L, and then there's a D, and then there's an R. Mm, so Lana Del Rey, so again, going with the autumn theme, just missing a bit of the last of summer, Mm. Lana Del Rey, summertime sadness. Lovely. Lana Del Rey. I think that's how you pronounce that name, right? Mm, that's how I pronounce it, yeah. With the soft voice, I mean. Mm. Lana Del Rey. Yeah, I find her very annoying. Yes. Not as a, as, not as a musician, actually. I think as a musician, she's... Um, but as a human being, <laughs> which is, which is a, a very mean thing to say. I feel like you can criticise someone's music, yeah. but actually tackling them as a human being is, is possibly overly harsh. Yeah, I've not really dug into her personality at all. It's really best not to. Um, she just seems to have this uh, penchant for being a little bit insufferable um, on various levels. Maybe that's just me. Maybe she just hits my, my trigger spots. But 
just kind of go, ah, just every time I hear something. Basically, this is a, a product of me spending a year um, doing social media for a music app and thereby reading the daily music tabloids mm. uh, every day, like five or six of them just from top to bottom. You get a very in-depth knowledge of Justin Bieber, One Direction, uh, Five Seconds of Summer, The Vamps, Lana Del Rey, Taylor Swift. That's pretty much it. Actually. Is just it not the, quite a people. skewed in-depth knowledge of yes. those people, though? Yes, it's a, it's a tabloid knowledge. So it mm. might be that all the things I know about Lana Del Rey are purely part of the uh, the media story, mm. and that I've been I've been corrupted. Yeah, and they've been taken out of context. She could be an mm. absolutely wonderful. I know. I have to take this opportunity to apologise yeah. to Lana Del Rey. Should she be listening? Mm. I know she's an avid listener of Soundgarden. It's possible that she's listening to this show. I mean, she's pretty busy, but yeah, artists don't really work in the morning, do they? They're very much evening workers. I'm not an artist, so <laughs> I, I, I can't know. I thought our thing was we're qualified to answer all, all topics. Yeah, probably. <laughs> nice callback. Um, so, um, I was on the... My mind was um, wandering to the topic of copyright when I was preparing for this show. Um I think it's it's kind of where where the money is. Does that seem like a fair a fair, a fair statement? Copywriting things. Yeah, I feel that's you don't really need to necessarily actually uh, do anything. You need to just copyright mm. things. You need to have the copyright, whether it's a thing you created or not. I mean, ideally it is, but you don't need it to be. Just you need to have the copyright. So, well, based on that, I was thinking we should probably copyright something as as a show because this show needs funding. And, you know, it's all for the good. Mm. It's not for me personally. It's for the good of the show. So I was thinking uh, the word coffee. Coffee? Yeah. Yeah, has no one got a copyright on that yet? Well, as far as I know, not. <laughs> um, I mean, coffee's... I have it on good authority that coffee's going to be the next big thing. It's really on it's really on the up. Mm. And also with global warming, the, the places that are viable for growing it are going down. So supply and demand, it will be... It'll be a hot topic. Mm. Mm. It'll be a hot drink and a hot topic. Mm. The ideal combination for copyright. So, I mean, do you think we could copyright uh, coffee? Well, as far the as word I'm, coffee. As far as I'm aware, how intellectual property law works, you can't copyright things that are in everyday use. Right. That have already been in use for a long time. Okay. Um, but that shouldn't stop you from doing what you want. <laughs> Follow your dreams, man. Yeah, exactly. Follow your dreams. Okay, well, okay. That's If we're not so hot, okay, I've got some more suggestions. Um, how about Picnic. Picnic, yeah. Yeah, well, I, I've got it on, once again, good authority. I think they're coming back in a big way. Yeah, yeah. I think that's that's definitely a concept that, that you could copyright. Well, not the concept, again, just, mm. just the just, word. Just the word. Just the use of the word. Because then every time someone uses the word, they're just a little bit of a, not yeah. a big, you know, like a fraction of a penny or something, but it'll all mount up eventually. Well, I like the idea of, of copywriting the actual concept of a picnic. So anytime people were picnicking in a park, you'd send around offices to check their their if they've paid their copyright dues you for see, that picnic. I thought I was being pretty exploitative, but at least I was tackling, you know, the mean, the media. You were, you're targeting the individual, mm. the individual with their picnic in the park, just trying to save a little money. Restaurants are too expensive now. People haven't got any spare cash. They're going to go for picnics instead. That's what I was thinking. Mm. But you want to take that and you want to make it financially less viable. By granted, as I say, a fraction of a penny, but nonetheless... Mm. Something to consider but, if you were picnicking. But it would be financially viable for us as the copywriters, which is surely... The important thing. I see your point. I see your copyrighted point. Um, well, I'll look into it. Yeah, I think enforcement might be an issue. Um, <laughs> I don't know who would do the policing. 
probably not the police. No, I don't think we could call upon the police to do said policing. Uh, that, actually, that being said, I think I've seen, I'm sure I've seen something relating to the police tackling uh, copyright infringement. Not in a sort of, uh, you know, going into a business and having a chat, but more just like sort of, I don't know, if somebody was doing something flagrantly in the street that was uh, avoiding copyright to say, wearing um, a non-licensed Mickey Mouse t-shirt. I've seen police take a stance on that. Really? Yeah, this is anecdotal evidence. Mm. Uh, you can take it with a grain of salt. Um, but you should still just take it. Was it not possible that the person in the Mickey Mouse shirt was just doing something else illegal? I don't think there's any evidence of that. Um, I mean, it was kind of like a, a Banksy-ish kind of shirt. Mm. And the person did have a mask on. Mm. But I, I, I don't see why else they would have been picking on the guy. Yeah. He was just exercising his legs. Mm. Yeah. And his right to legs. Tim pigs, eh? <laughs> They'd be all up on you. What word can we copyright then? <clears throat> if you're so high and mighty on the old coffee and picnic one, what can we actually copyright? Um, panda. <laughs> <laughs> is that because you saw a panda? Yeah, there is yeah, one. There is a panda. There is one in the studio. Um, but also... We're not letting it get on the mic. Everybody does like pandas a lot. They are true. They are the face of... of animal welfare protection oh, very true um and those guys got a lot <clears> of money and there's already big money in pandas i mean china rents them out to zoos all around the world for hundreds of thousands of dollars very good point so if you could get in on mm. that copyright action there's big money in big pandas um you know pandas are mentioned in national geographic almost all the time if you could copyright that you know national geographic's got a lot of money once again so we're going to target national geographic um wildlife rights groups China. They've China. Got, yeah. That's true. They've got some dollar. Um, well, actually, they haven't. They've got their own currency. Yuan, I think. Was it pronounced? Yuan. I Yuan. Think. I'm, not, I'm not sure the pronunciation, but that's... Is it not yen? Is that, is that yen is the translation of Yuan? No, I think it's Japanese yen. Oh, damn. Japan is yen. China Never take yuan. a gamble on making any reference to something that could, in your mind, be Chinese or Japanese, because you're going to make yourself mm. look bad. I remember reading a study once that said that... Um, we're evolutionarily uh, not very good at recognizing the distinctions between people of different races, which is a really great thing to say as a scientist if you want to attract... Um, attention. Attention, yes. <laughs> yes, of all sorts. Uh, it's either justification for racists or it's um, or it's sort of pacification for the fears of, of liberal left-minded people like, uh, like ourselves who feel bad for not being able to recognize distinctions. Of course, it goes both ways. I mean, I'd, I'm assuming it goes both ways. It's not just not just white European types who can't recognise the differences in other races. Well, also, I mean, I can't recognise the differences in white Europeans either. I can't look at someone and go, you definitely look like you're from Slovakia. <laughs> I see your point. No, I think they were talking about individuals. Oh, right. It's in the sort of like all insert um, group here look the same to me. That kind mm. of That kind of opinion. They were uh, suggesting that that would be... I mean, they pointed out, of course, that this is completely nullified by grow, growing up in an area where other groups exist, as you would expect. Mm. Uh, that will nullify the effect. So if you are a Caucasian man growing up in the center of Hong Kong, you probably have a pretty good ability to recognize people from the area. Mm. Um, otherwise, you're just genetically... I won't say that word. Genetically badly wired. There we go. So I'm going to get off this topic as fast as possible. Um after a few minutes of saying it, uh, using a song uh, from, um, oh dear, this is a hip-hop song from um, 
in the black community of America. This seems like I've been, like I've engineered this. Uh, oh well. One for the ace and two for the deuce. If you're ready, Mr. C, cut the record real loose. And a test, 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 test. So yes, I want to bless the mic. Got the Put your weight on it, Mr. C. Put your weight on it. Put your weight on it. By uh, Monsieur Big Daddy Kane. That was me about to dive back into the topic I was talking about before the song. I'm not going to. Just, just steer clear. Just walk Move away. On. I don't know. Is it more offensive to walk away? Because no, that implies just, that you think you were being offensive. Just save it for another day when uh, we can get a little more in depth. Maybe some more forward planning, perhaps. <laughs> I don't know. Once again, the planning. The planning. I don't. Ah, uh, uh, this is the thing. The reason I raise it is because I am, as a man from a, an exclusively. Uh, white area i i have uh, bundles of anxiety surrounding the topic and they come out uh, frequently and in ill-formed ways so apologies for that ziggy you have a topic yeah do i get my little topic jingle again oh yes of course so uh here we go Z- thanks very much i i enjoy that a lot um, yeah, Mars. How do you how do you feel about the idea of going there, Ben? Personally, yeah. Well, it's been been in the media a little recently. I I got my National Geographic subscription yesterday, and leafed through the main stories. One of them mm. is uh, well, I haven't read it yet, but um, Elon Musk and SpaceX pledging to get to Mars by twenty twenty four, and NASA. That's pretty. That's pretty soon. NASA's going more like twenty thirties ish. Ooh. But it's but it's in the cards, and yeah. how do you feel about that? Well, there's an innate discomfort with uh, private uh, enterprise taking over the move to space. That is unfortunate. Not that you know America being in charge of it is necessarily the greatest thing. Maybe it should be a, an international project rather than you know the National Aeronautic and Space mm. Administration. That's a bit dodgy. But still, if it's a private company, that's that feels a little bit. Icky. That seems mm. like the start of um, a dystopian Bond. future thing. Yeah, well, exactly. You've got some kind of. I mean, Elon Musk fortunately seems to be a pretty great guy, so at least it's in his mm. hands. I mean, there are people I'd feel less comfortable with it being in the hands of, but yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, I mean, I think most most of the villains in James Bond movies and things seem quite charming to begin with. I see your point, except the ones with hooks on their hands and things. But you know, generally. They are, uh, you know, worming their way into the highest echelons mm. only to plant a missile silo on the moon. Yes, I see your point. He is, in fact, this is actually, he is um, unusually charming, isn't mm. he? Um, for a multi, I'm assuming billionaire, um, a tycoon effectively. He is a leader of both, yes, um, Tesla, which is now mm. gradually um, taking over America, mm, making environmentally friendly cars. In an, exactly, know, in the nicest. Way, exactly, it's brilliant, isn't it? It's a genius way to take over. Um, you might be right. This could all be just invasion by the back door, couldn't it? Mm. The best way. Apologies, Elon Musk, if you're listening, and we're disparaging your your good reputation. We just need to be aware of these things. This mm. is the point: is you need to be at least on uh, on on alert for any. But I mean. This people have suggested this is uh, what old old uh, DT, as we now call him, Donald Trump, um, the Trumpinator, the Trumpet, or the the Trump, as he called himself on Twitter just yesterday. Mm. You can't stop the the Trump. He he tweeted, 
because that's the level at which he's working. Good. I know. Um, he's proved that you uh, you can never uh, really guess what's going to happen, and you can never uh, assume that something can't work. Like you know, you'd be like sort of, well, surely you can't you can't take over the world by being really nice. That's that's not feasible. People have never done that before. But mm. we're open. We're open for it now. If it hasn't been done before, it's it's ripe for the picking. I see your point. So if you need to take over the world, what you need is originality. Mm. That's, and, the, that's it, the prime weapon. His name sounds like it's from a sci-fi novel or something as well. <laughs> Lord, Lord Elon Musk. Yeah. <laughs> With his starship to Mars. And his army, the Muscovites. Yeah. They were real people. I forget which one. Though. Yeah, I mean, it, I thought it was a fragrance originally. Um, mm. when I first heard it and I don't actually mean that as a joke I just thought it was actually a fragrance mm. um, it smells good he, he does smell I'm sure he does smell good he looks like he smells good mm. he looks I mean at the end of the day I really like the guy I mean what's he doing just being really nice yeah making rocket ships which is pretty cool yeah I think very few people if you ask them would say they weren't interested in rocket ships mm. very good point uh, the only thing with it is that uh, the people who have to go, we had this conversation uh, a while back. Um, I say we, me, and some other people uh, about you. There was a, a call out for volunteers to go to Mars, be the first people to go. I don't know if that was the Elon Musk project, it might have been some other people, but they did select the people. They went, you know, mm. guys. Um, the topic, we, the main aspect of that we were talking about was self selected people to go to Mars. Mm. Is that, I mean, Inevitably, the ones who they interviewed uh, were probably the the more unusual ones. Um, but they did interview them, and they did all come across with basically the thing of, "I want to go to Mars because I don't like it here on Earth." Yeah, and that seems. I mean, basically, they're all people who are find it socially difficult to be alive. Uh, you know, in the, in the world, they don't like. Often, they're American um, and just don't really fit in. You know, sort of they were the oddballs, the yeah. weird kids. I'm not saying that that isn't a great way to find a, uh, a planet. It might be an amazing way. But to put them all in a spaceship... For nine months, travelling there. Yeah, with the together. only company potentially ever being each other. Mm. I don't know. That just sounds like the start of a fairly forced horror film. Yeah. I mean, perhaps they'd all just go and sit in a corner and read a book and not talk to each other. That would be perfect. Maybe they're the perfect people to send. I see. So there'd be no alpha males at all. Although I do, I recall the same thing. A person from New Zealand was selected um, on that thing that seems to have come to no fruition whatsoever. Yet. Um, and I imagine if they really do send people, they'll be highly trained Air Force personnel or something rather. Well, it's more traditional. Mm. Um, but also, at the time, seemed like it would possibly be somewhat of a suicide mission because mm. there was no plan on any way of getting them back. Oh, yeah, and it was almost guaranteed that they wouldn't come back. Mm. Um, it's a one-way mission because you have to otherwise get there and then develop the surface of Mars such that you're able to construct and launch a rocket back to Earth, mm. which I hear is quite difficult, even if you have NASA on the phone guiding you through it mm. in a kind of Apollo 13 situation. It's still difficult. Yeah, although, I mean, with with the moon landings, depending on how you feel about those, um, the main spacecraft just stayed in orbit and they dropped down in a lander and then went back up to the orbiting spacecraft and I believe used the power of the orbit to slingshot back. Which is insane. I mean, this is a thing, as a child, you grow up with 
space travel being like, oh, well, you sort of get, you hold the joystick and you're a bit to the left, bit to the right, forwards, backwards. Um, but reality of space travel is they point it and then they fire it and it hits the thing it was supposed to hit mm. after traveling for hundreds of thousands of miles, which is insane. I mean, you ju- what it's just... It's just like a really good shot. Mm. And, and then when you get back... It's neat. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty neat, isn't it? I mean, that is some maths. That is mm. some solid maths right there. And then to return them, as you say, by launching them off the surface such that they time it so well that they collide with a little tiny object at the right speed to then board that little tiny object. And then that little tiny object then gets flung almost like just sort of by a man swinging around in a circle, just like... Whoop! Yeah. yeah, and then it hits the sea, I guess, was where it landed, right? Is that where they land? Sometimes. Sometimes yeah. they land in the sea. Though. I mean, I think they've had a, a couple... I guess quite a lot of sea. A couple recently with going back to Mr. Musk, um, mm. SpaceX, some of their rockets that they've actually recovered, mm. parts of the rocket used in the launch have come down onto a floating platform to be reused again rather than just dropping in the sea. Jesus. Um, so again, he's being a little bit more sustainable. Yes. Um, saving billions of dollars. Yeah, I know. Um, it is true, actually. The idea that you build this thing, it costs about the same amount as to, you know, fund a small country and then you just basically throw it away. Mm. Also, it seems, again, I guess if you've got the maths to get it to the planet or the stars or wherever you're going, you can probably do the math to drop it in a good bit of sea where no one's fishing. But hmm. it does seem relatively sketchy to just drop uh, hundreds of tons full of fuel and, and metal somewhere. Yeah, well, I would assume it'd be hard to guess where it's going to land. But then I would assume that if you fire a rocket off a planet, you don't get it where it wants to be. I mean, the fact that it'll get to Mars, apparently, that's a pretty long... I mean, the moon, basically, that's sort of like you throw a ball into a waste paper basket, which is admittedly hard, but not that hard. Mm. This is more like you throw a ball to your neighbor's waste paper basket... Through the window. ...from work. <laughs> uh, in the dark. You know, that's... that's I mean, that would be my first mm. thought if I was on the rocket, was mm. the... So if we do miss Mars... If you get there after nine months or whatever it is, and it just sort of sails past in the window, what's your backup plan? Hmm. Yeah. I guess it's a risk. I mean, I th- guess just all breakdown civilization have. Um, what's the polite way of saying orgy? That's too late now. Yeah, I think that's probably it now. Yeah. I guess that's what happens. It just turns into. Um, it turns into a um, an affection festival. Hmm. I imagine um, they probably have some illegal substances in a in a secure box in a kind of like well. Testing. Well, now I mean, like now we're definitely going to die mm. fairly soon. That being said, actually, there's an interesting point. If they're going with all the supplies needed to presumably live on Mars, not just get there and then die within a few weeks, they could probably just stay on that rocket for an extremely long time. Mm. Well, I think actually the practicalities of it would be too heavy to send all of the things they need in one rocket. There'd mm. be unmanned missions launching uh, containers full of things right. for years in advance, setting up a supply base. Right, so they are doomed. Yes. Okay. Um, I mean, they're not yet doomed, but they would be they doomed. Would, they would be doomed. They would and, be doomed. And quicker than you would think. Yeah, I guess they probably have just... Uh, that is true. I remember them saying the amount of fuel needed to lift a gram of stuff off the planet and into orbit or not into mm. orbit out of orbit rather um is so insane and the cost of doing that is so insanely high that you're probably not packing snacks surplus snacks mm. it's probably nine months precisely 
Well, if this is being listened to in the future, and that's in fact what did happen, I'm very sorry. And if it didn't, um, good work, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, ah, that's another song. This one uh, has a P, an L, a T, and an S in it. Mm. And in fact, that's all the letters. Great. Yeah, this is uh, it's pronounced Pilots, uh, mm. based in Byron Bay in Australia. Good friend of mine, Kit Bray, Coast to Coast. Yeah. So this is uh, what's the word for this? Spruiking. Spruiking. <laughs> what's spruiking? I think it's like when you stand outside and go, roll up, roll up, come one and all. I see. It's probably not quite the right word for this no, situation. No, I'm, I'm taking that word. Mm. I was going to go with uh, nep- cop- nepotism. Copy- yeah, copyright. Copyright spruiking. Spruiking. Yeah. Officially. Well, that's all you have to do with copyright in this country is you have to just say, I've copyrighted that. Yeah, I think that's mm. all it is, really. Mm. All the whole sending it to yourself in the mail, I think that's unnecessary. So there you go. Make it official. Spruiking. And song. Coast to Coast by Pilots, lovely. Um, Solid radio voice you have there. Mm, thank you very much. Yeah. I wonder if you, are you uh, responding to my radio voice or is this your natural? Yeah, I'm, I'm mirroring, I think, <laughs> yeah. I was practicing yeah. in, in the mirror all morning. Yeah. <laughs> mirror is very good for reflecting audio. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, so, yeah, well, wrapping up. Well, sure. sort of. We've got um, nobody coming on next. Um and uh, you should listen in because nobody's actually pretty great. Um, they've been working on this stuff for a period of time. The interesting thing about them is that they are simultaneously hundreds of thousands of people. Mm. They're all the nobodies of the, of the known world. Um, so that can be up next. But until then, uh, I thought we'd just keep going because, well, you know. Might as well. Might as well. Mm. Um, yeah, we've got, we can, we've got enough time probably for uh, Ziggy to uh, reveal one more of his topics. So... Because it's only getting it played the one more time in the history of radio. Ziggy. So is that you ruling out me coming back another time then? <laughs> no, I'd make you another jingle. Oh, okay, great. A single use jingle. I mean, right. single show jingle. Oh, damn, mm. I've ruined my own time of my own. Anyway. Okay, anyway. Yeah. yeah. Okay, thank you. Um, yeah, I just wanted to have a little chat with you about Movember. November been so it's a, it's a uh, I agreed to that didn't I mm. I forgot about that mm. yeah it's a topic fairly close to mm. close to my heart and face um, and something I hope most of the chaps at the Totnes Brewing Company will be getting involved in yes well I believe we all agreed to it at about two in the morning um, on a previous night mm. ah, that's good enough yeah. yeah I mean I will I already did um bracket this whole concept with the idea that i can't really grow a mo but i will do my best mo mm. the best I, mo i can do i think kirsty has maybe sorted us out a proper barber from the groom room in torquay to come and shave us oh, on I monday see. as well oh very nice which will be an interesting experience i've okay. never been shaved by another man before i've never been shaved by a barber i've always liked the idea mm, especially not next to other people being shaved as well it seems it seems strange i think but, we could probably put that out and get some fans mm. Mm. this is a nice way nice way to do it uh in a in a fairly 
meaningful fashion. I like it. Purposeful. Mm. I remember there's uh, the writer um, Somerset Maugham in his book Razor's Edge talks about this idea. Everything you do, doesn't matter what it is, but do it with purpose. Mm. Know the purpose and do it with purpose. Uh, in this case, the purpose obviously is to is to ideally raise awareness and ideally money. But the more the thing is that we're doing it together, knowingly, with a professional barber. Mm. Presumably, probably being photographed. If Kirsty suggested there'll be a photograph involved. Yes. Yeah. Um, purpose. But yeah, I think also, I mean, you made a good point there, doing it together. Um, Movember is about raising raising awareness for, for men's health issues. Mm. Um, prostate cancer, I think, is the kind of poster child, but it's mm. also a whole range of mental health issues, all sorts of things. It's a horrible poster child to have chosen. I don't, yeah. know, I don't know what meeting that was. I mean, for me, obviously, not being a middle-aged or older man, prostate mm. cancer is not particularly pertinent. Mm. Um, but things like men's mental health is a... Is yes. a wildly untalked about topic um, it's interesting actually how that's starting to slip into the mainstream in mm. a it, i mean i'm aware that it might be in my little bubble of internet um where it's me it's slipping into the mainstream but it feels like there's a little more of a yeah it, it's a it's a topic that people will go oh yes i've heard of that topic whereas mm. probably only a few years ago you wouldn't even like sort of what exactly do you mean by men's mental what, what, what is that what is that well mean? there's a whole range i mean i think yeah. there's particularly in, in places like new zealand and and britain um, there's the whole sort of stiff upper lip culture mm. um, in New Zealand. There's a rugby culture, harden up. Mm. Um, you should be able to just get on, not be a pansy. Mm-hmm. And and that's not really how it works. Um, no, no. You know, and generally generally speaking, women have a little bit more of a support network with their friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and sort of historically, men haven't been able to chat with their mates. And I think the whole point of a Movember great thing is just getting together with your mates, growing a moustache, and that kind of breaks down some boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, it puts a face on it, if you will, mm-hmm. and, and makes it a more approachable subject. Puts a face on it and then puts a moustache on that face. Exactly. Yeah, well, it's my first time attempting Movember, and my first time attempting Mo in any form. Um, I mean, maybe it'll turn out that if I remove the rest of the facial hair, which admittedly isn't that uh, mighty, then I'll be, it'll all sort of focus. The energy will be, you know... Yeah, it'll all, it'll all end up on the upper lip, and I might actually end up with a with a substantial bit of mo. Yeah, I find I generally am fairly unimpressive. Um, yeah, I can see you know, your top lip right now. And yeah, I'm thinking it's 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 there. Well, it's because I I normally sport a beard, mm. because I only shave once a year for Movember. Uh-huh. Um, it's not used to growing quickly. I see. It's taken me a while to get to this fuzzy face. Uh-huh. Um, and a month isn't really that long to to regrow. Maybe we should uh, do a bit of... I mean, we could always just distort the truth. We could always... You could not actually shave the top lip. No, it's the rules. All the way down. There's, there's, there's rules. There's, there's rules. There's rules. God, it's always rules. It's, it's all right. I mean, because most of us won't do very well. But then we've got one chap called Gary who will grow a moustache in about seven minutes. For which us. just makes everyone feel yeah. a little bit... Uh, no, I think he's doing Inadequate. it for... No, 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 no. He's just... He's just. Uh, he's doing it for the team. Exactly. Yeah. Together, we'll have grown probably one moustache. Yeah. Or one plus Gary's. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, mm. well, if anything, that's what November should be about, is the team effort to grow a moustache, the cumulative hair growth mm. culminating in one substantial moustache. And all the people who come into the bar and look at our filthy upper lips will ask us what we're doing and we'll mention Movember and, and the point will have been brought across. Uh, you see, that is actually quite interesting. So the idea is that you're promoting the topic and the uh, the subject by embarrassing yourself. 
Yeah. Exactly. It is a classic uh, awareness raising technique, particularly within this country. Mm. And I think long, long, may long, may long it live. Mm. May long yeah. live love, may live it. Fairly effective, I feel. <laughs> yeah. So I guess we should probably uh, wrap it up. You had a nice time today, Ziggy. Yeah, it's been it's been really good. Thanks, Ben. Yeah, um, you've been a lovely, a lovely yeah, co-host. A lot better than I thought. Yeah, well, I had pretty low expectations. Well, that's the best way to go into things. Yeah. I always think start with your low expectations, and then you can only be mm. only be cheered. I really had nothing else to do today, so you know, it's it's more positive than sitting at home staring at the wall. Again, we return to the place we started. Some radio is better than no radio. Mm. Anything is better than no thing. That's that's the high standard we're aiming for. Mm. So, I'm going to take us out with a jingle. Thanks for listening, everyone, and join us next Tuesday morning, where I'll have someone else. Probably. Get ready, all your lonely